So what I am going to plan into you today, I believe is going to come to life. I love speaking to anybody, but I love my little ladies group at church. We just, it's like we're in a living room. And so that's kind of how I'm going to do today. I'm just going to, I love coffee. And if I had an easy chair and my coffee table, and that's kind of how I'm going to present this this morning. I just want to talk to you guys. And I want to kind of explain a little bit what God has done for me. Not just for me, but me as a mother. So from one mama's heart to another. And that I don't believe that that has to be someone that you've given birth to. Not every woman is privileged enough to have their own children. But the person that spoke life into me was not my mother. She just, God gave me her and her me. And that's just the way it worked. So... That's what I want to tell you guys this morning is it doesn't have to be your children. My mom, as Diane said, passed away when I was very young. And then my two older children, I fell into very dark times. And um, I missed seeing them for 11 years. So Mother's Day for many years was a very dark day for me. I felt like it was nothing to celebrate. I chose to work that day and just do everything I could to not focus on what day it was. And I was just miserable. I was just in a very dark, suicidal place. But I felt like I was living the life that I deserved. See, I thought I was a mistake. I didn't realize that at the time that um, God doesn't create mistakes. That we're all miracles. And it was until, wow, I was probably close to 30 that I came across Psalms 139 that said, I knew you before you were formed in your mother's womb. And I was like, what? Like, I wasn't a mistake. I know when I say that out loud, it sounds almost silly. Because I really thought that I wasn't supposed to be born. My, the doctors told my mother that she would not have any more children. So I just figured I wasn't supposed to be here. So I figured I was living the life that I deserved. I'd been raised in church, um, and I never doubted God. I knew who he was, but I didn't know him. It's kind of like the popular kid at school. You know, everybody knows who that person is, but doesn't mean that you really know him. That's, that's where I was. Um, so I began to find words in the Bible to pray over my children. I wouldn't pray for myself. I didn't believe his promises for myself because I thought I was where I deserved to be, but they didn't deserve it. They were brought into this life. So I found this verse in the Bible, Isaiah 54, 3, and it says, All your children will be taught by the Lord, and great shall be their peace. I hadn't been taught about, for lack of better words, using God's word against him. <laughs> like, this is what your word says, 
so I'm claiming it. I, I didn't know those words. I didn't speak Christianese, and I didn't know really what that it meant. If somebody said that to me, I wouldn't really know what it meant. But I knew it was a promise that was in there. So I would approach him groveling. All your children, that means mine, will be taught by you and great will be their peace. And then another verse, Jeremiah 31, 17 said, your children will return to their homeland. So I knew and I claimed I believed that they would come home to me because I was their homeland. I mean, this is just my, the way that I rationalized it out. So y'all just work with me on that. It worked. <laughs> And then Deuteronomy 7, 9 talks about the Lord will keep his promises for a thousand generations. That's 38,000 years. A generation is 38 years. So that's 38,000 years. And I knew that we had not used up all of those years yet or his promises. I was like, God, please don't let what I've done mess up that blessing. And I knew that in the Bible that they would pray to the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. So I would pray to the God of Thomas and Anita. That's my mom and dad. To the God of Thomas and Anita. I pray this blessings over my children. Just so elementary, but isn't that how God wants us to come to him? He doesn't want us to come to him with with. Uh, you know, I, I want it this way and I want it that way. I just went to him as a child and I prayed those over my children. But honestly, when it came to me getting what I deserve, mercy said no. Mercy said no. And I found Jesus. <laughs> Praise the Lord. God orchestrated a plan for my children that I hadn't seen in 11 years. And they ended up moving back home with me. Jaira is enough. Even when you don't know it. Jaira is enough. In 97, I was diagnosed with endometriosis. And I, they wanted to do a hysterectomy. But I had it in my heart. Again, speaking words that I didn't understand then. I didn't say, I wouldn't say God had placed it in my heart. I wouldn't have said those words. But looking back, I just knew that there was a plan for me to have more children. I went to doctors in St. Louis. I went to doctors in Nashville. And he ever lovingly just patted me on the hand and said, I'm so sorry. I've got that child sitting right here with me today. The one that the doctor said I would never have. Jaira is enough. Jaira is enough. So if you're wanting me to make points and, you know, keep it somewhat lined out, my first point would be, even when you don't know it, Jaira, you are enough. I have an almost 20-year-old, and I also have a bonus child, because when I married the, my husband 23 years ago, he had a child that was only four when we started dating, so I've raised that child, 
And now I have four children. And that child calls me mom most of the time. I mean, I'm not the mom, but I'm mom most of the time. But there were so many dark times that I had suffered. You know, I'm trying to, like, if you could just try to picture where I was mentally suicidal, turning to anything that I could find to fill that God-shaped hole. God was beginning and working in my life even when I didn't see it, even when I didn't know it. But once he, uh, once I found out that I was pregnant with her and I knew that it was a miracle of God, something in me began to change. There was a life inside of me And the the life and the seeds that God had planted in me began to spring open. Now, this has been an almost 20-year process. So, even though that I'm trying to, like, jump over a lot of the facts and a lot of the... I don't want to give myself a whole lot of glory or the devil any glory. The main thing is, is that we know that Jireh is enough. That's what I want us to focus on this morning. That Jireh is always enough. My oldest daughter, who is 36 now, she has battled a lot of addiction her whole life. Um, Of course, they've had to struggle with a lot, too, their mom walking off from them. Um, One Easter, I was supposed to speak at church. Um, I was supposed to sing with the worship team, and I get a call from my daughter's husband, and he said, Sarah's gone. I was like, what do you mean Sarah's gone? Well, I can't find her. I don't know where she is. So the hunt was on. We didn't know if she had been abducted, if she had just walked off. We had no clue what was going on. The wind was completely knocked out of me. She had come so far from the life that she had been living, and I was just, like I said, the wind was completely knocked out of me. And I went to God, and I was like, I I don't get it. I'm doing everything I'm supposed to do. I spoke life into my children, and you're going to let them just live their own life? I mean, why can't they just live the life that I've laid out for them? It's a good one. It's a real good one. I didn't know how in the world I was going to show up at church on Sunday morning and speak Jesus. I was hurt. I was crushed. I was broken. God so ever lovingly reminded me what he had seen his son go through. He knew exactly how I was feeling. I mean, I'm sure his was to the uber extent, but he knew how I was feeling. And that gave me hope because look how his life turned out. What if he hadn't have come and lived the life that he lived I began to claim at that moment everything that is used against my family to destroy them will be used for our good and His glory. Everything, every assignment, everything. And being brought up in the faith, I felt like that me and my children, all of us had been born with targets on our back because we were born to speak Jesus. 
You have been born to speak Jesus. I don't think y'all heard me real well. Speak Jesus. You have been born to speak Jesus. That is so exciting. I was standing back there a while ago and I was, one of my moments, I was trying to get it together and this huge humbleness came over me and I was just like, I don't know why or how I've been chosen, but I'm going to give it all I got. I'm going to give you the glory, Jesus, and I'm going to thank you that I have been chosen. I went three years without seeing my daughter, by the way. I didn't know. We had heard from her, so we knew that she was alive. But she called me. About three years later, she said, Mama, will you come get me? I said, you bet I will, baby. You bet I will. She'd been roughed up, beat up, drugged up, all of it. She looked like death warmed over. But something that God had done in me, and I do this with girls at work, and they laugh at me. I'm like, baby, come up, come up on my lap. Come here, let me love you. Because the things that I lacked, oh, this is good right here. This is not even my notes. The things that I lacked growing up, that's what I have become to other people. I prayed for God to send me spiritual parents. That didn't happen. I've had people praying over me, people that knew my parents and knew that they had passed away young with three young children. Those people prayed over me. But as far as somebody just taking me in, I didn't have that. So I began to pray instead of being selfish, and I didn't get that. I began to pray, God, I know there are people out there hurting like I did. Let me be you to them. Let me be you to them. Let me give them what I did not have. So my big thing is, come on, baby. Crawl up in my lap. Let me love you. I realized that God had called me to love people. Shape, size, whatever. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter who you are, where you've been, what you've done because I could probably match you. And all I needed was love. So that's what I'm here to give. I'm here to give his love. So in that broken state of that Easter, this is my second point. Even when you can't speak the words, you know what? Jireh is still enough. I, I couldn't form words that weekend. I, 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 just, I just couldn't. But I got down late. I, one of my favorite things to do was to lay down beside my bed in the pitch dark, face down, completely laid out, and humble myself before God and just lay there in His presence and let Him give me peace. I would turn my back to the world and my face to the cross because I didn't know what else to do. I didn't know what else to do. She said to me one day, she's doing well now, by the way. Um, she went through, amen. Give, give God the glory. Amen. She went through a Bible-based um, 
Rehabilitation Center. And she has a good job. She got a new car. I mean, just, it would blow your mind what all God is doing in that girl's life. But she still struggles with addiction. She's a recovering addict. God has not completely healed her from that yet, but I'm speaking that. It will happen. She had a rough weekend, one weekend, and she kind of, after almost two years, fell off the wagon. And, uh, of course, at that time, you're like, do I give her tough love? Do I crawl up in my lap, baby? So I just tried to give her Jesus, you know? What do you do at that point? So she said, Mama, I just wish my life was perfect like everybody else in the family. Mm. After I regrouped, because I, had to, I, I wanted to handle this delicately. I, I don't want to just speak what Jana was thinking at that moment. I wanted to give her what Jesus needed her to hear. So I said, you know, baby, the only difference between you and me is I know that gyra is enough. So instead of running to the bottle or running to people or to the phone or whatever it is, calling my posse together and, you know, wallowing in the muck for a while, I run to Jesus. I run to Jesus. That's the only difference between you and me. Because even Jesus says, in this world, you will have trouble. He said, you're going to have it. It's going to happen. I'm not trying to speak anything bad over anybody. But Jesus said, in this world, you will have trouble. But take heart. I have overcome the world. So when things happen... And Jana can't handle it because I'm human just like everybody else. I just know that Jaira is more than enough. He is more than enough. And if you don't walk out of here with anything else today, I want that so deeply embedded in your spirit that you find yourself in the middle of the night. Jaira is enough. Jaira is enough. Because Jesus is enough. That is the nickname that Moses gave God. You are more than enough. I've tested and I know. That, that's how I got here. That's how I got here. That's why I'm standing here today. Because I've tested it and I've known. This is something that I have never spoken about publicly, but I felt when I was putting my thoughts together that it was time for me to say something. In 2018, you okay with this, baby? In January of 2018, evil crept into the school that my daughter was going to. And the a young man ended up killing two people and injuring 21 others. She was standing right in the middle of it. Right before this young man started shooting, she had actually made eye contact with him. But she was standing in a different place that morning because an underclassman, an eighth grader who was going to the high school to take some classes that Tori does track with, 
saw Tori, and eighth grader in high school, she's around about 1,500 kids, you know, it's a little awkward, so she grabbed Tori, and they started talking, so Tori was standing in a different place than what she normally would have, that saved her life that day, I do believe, my baby is a track star, God put some natural ability in her that people ask us, where did she get that? She's four-time state high jump champion. Yes. Yes, I'm proud. I'm a proud mama. <laughs> Her four-by-four team finished eighth in the state. This girl can run. She can run. She is now um, going to Murray State on a track scholarship. And they had um, something a little different one day. They had all of the jumpers running. It was kind of a fun track meet sort of thing. Tori blew the team away. Everybody was coming up to her. I didn't know you could run. Man, look at that girl run. This girl can run. So when she heard the shots rang out, her natural ability that God had given her kicked in. And she started running. After I talked to her later, she said, Mama, I heard God say run. They were in this room, and it was called the commons area, and it was just a big room, much like this, and it had wings that went out, and it was like freshman, junior, sophomore, senior, you know, blah, blah, blah. Wrong order, but you get what I mean. She said, I took the furthest way out of the school, but it was, I was running away from him. And as she's running out the freshman wing, of course, nobody at this time really even knows what's going on. The shooting started happening at 7.56. So school hadn't started yet. Everybody was standing outside laughing and, or in the halls laughing and talking. And Tori's running and she starts telling, get out, get out. She's running so in this evil world that we live in, our kids have practiced what's called lockdown. So when the teachers realize what's going on, they start grabbing at Tori, trying to pull her in. She said, Mom, I heard it again. God said, run. So she just kicked it in and she ran and she was with my husband at 8.04. Some of the parents didn't get their kids till four and five hours later. <laughs> I joke and said, baby, that second run was for me because if I had waited five hours to get you, they probably would have locked me up. <laughs> I, needed, I needed my baby. She still deals some things that happened that day. She has a little dog laying up here with her. But you know, I still know Jaira's enough. I don't know what his plan is. I'm not going to pretend to know. I'm going to leave it for him to decide, and I'm just going to trust him and know that Jaira is enough. Jaira is always enough. Jaira is more than enough. You know what, ladies? I, I could go on all day and give you... Facts about where I've been, the mental state that I've been, 
stories about my children, the prescriptions, the diagnosis. I can give you all kinds of facts. But what I want to give you today, as a mama, I had to come to the point, you know what? It's time for me to straighten my crown. wash my face because the day that David called me and said there's been a shooting at the school my family had already been through this once I mean wait a minute this happens how often too often but to the same family something rose up in this mama After me laying in the floor for almost 45 minutes in the fetal position in my bathroom, God said, okay, get up and go to your baby. I was like, oh, I got to get it together because I don't even know what just happened. I didn't know what had happened. I just knew that somebody was shooting at my baby. And I had to get it together, man. I had to get it together. So... As I'm looking back, I realized that it was time for this mama to straighten her crown because I am a princess. My daddy is the king of kings and the lord of lords. That's who he is. I didn't have a a, a physical father to raise me, but I have got a heavenly father that I can crawl up in his lap anytime that I need to and say, Daddy, your baby needs you. And I could just see him going, Come on up here, baby. Come on up here, baby. I needed him that day because I knew my daughter needed me. It wasn't time for it to be about me. So I had to straighten my crown, wash my face, and speak Jesus. It wasn't time for me to make this about me. The only way that it was about me was what God had given me to give her. That was the only way that it was about me. I feel Satan has done everything he can to destroy me and my family because all I ever wanted was a family. That's all I've ever wanted. I'd love to be able to look at a house and say, hey, that's where I grew up. Hey, that's where I went to school. It'd take us days. It would take us days for me to show you the schools that I went to and the homes that I've lived in. And all I wanted was the stability for my family that I never had. And I feel like that was the one place that Satan could attack me that I had no control over. Let me tell you something, mamas. He's after our offsprings. That's also biblical. He is after our offsprings. I'm telling you today, no matter what you've been through, no matter where you are, it's time for you to straighten your crown, wash your face, and get up and speak Jesus over your children. He did not call me as much as I am a nurturer, and I love people. I don't care who you are. I would take you in my lap, and I would hug you, and I would let that anointing flow out of me. And just pray that God begins to do a healing in your life. I love to love people. But when it comes to my children, you know where I found peace? 
I just laid them at the feet of Jesus. I just laid them at the feet of Jesus because in his presence, there is peace. I can't fix them. I can't change them. I can't write their life for them. I can't, I can't, I can't. I was staying in constant turmoil, not even giving them the love that God had called me to give them because they didn't check my boxes. Because I, when I wanted a family, I had these boxes that I wanted checked. I, I, I wanted this and this and this and college and this and that. And mm-mm. No, Jaira is more than enough. And my children will stand up and tell their own story one day. But I'm going to find peace by laying them down. And I'm going to be able to love them like they have never been loved because I don't care. That sounds terrible. But you know what I mean. Because I've given them to Jesus. That frees me. Do you know how freeing it is to lay something down? Oh, this has been a burden on me. I'm just going to lay it right here. You carry around a 20-pound backpack all day. And you go home and you lay it down. And you just feel so much lighter. That's the way I was with my children. Mamas, learn to lay your babies down. So you can be who God called you to be to them. This is a story that I'm still living. This isn't something that happened 20 years ago and healing is over and I'm done. And now I've got another story that I'm working on. No, we're still living the same story. As long as you have children living and breathing, you're going to live that story. Because a mama's heart is always for their children. So let me tell you what happened the other night. I didn't know this was going to happen when Pastor Zach asked me to come. All I've ever wanted is a family. And my family is everywhere. Bowling Green, Kentucky. Paris, Tennessee. Paducah. My baby's going to college. Thankfully, it's only about 20 miles down the road. Thank you, Jesus. (laughs) But I've said for years now, you know what I would give to have my family all under one roof? So I could just love them and be the mama I have always wanted to be. Because when my babies were at home, my life was still about me. But now that I've grown, I was God, God, please don't let them turn their back on me. Let them see me for who I am and who you are turning me into instead of who I used to be. Friday night. Mother's Day is always about my husband's mom. That is fantastic. I am 100% behind that because she's not always going to be here. So I don't, you know, with my mom not being here, I'm good with that. So... Tori came up with this idea. 
instead of us doing something Sunday night, why don't we go out Friday night for dinner and let that be your mother's day? I said, that sounds great. And I'm wrapping up. Get it together, man. I walked in this Chinese restaurant in Murray, Kentucky. And the lady said, how many? I said, three. And I saw my husband say something, but I was just, I wasn't thinking. I just, you know, we were in there. Tori, David, me, Murray, the dog. He goes everywhere with us. My CEO, where I work, one day when we were trying to get Tori a service dog, she said, you know, dog is God spelled backwards. And I believe that. That's because he is like a big hug most of the time. So I walk in this Chinese restaurant and there's a room in the back and I began to scan the room and I was like oh there's and there and I got weak in the knees all four of my babies were sitting there I have started calling them the fab four because all four of my babies were sitting there and two of their sidekicks <laughs> Jara <laughs> is more than enough more than enough he is more than enough I didn't know for three years if my baby was even alive and then I've seen her fight addiction fight addiction and that one over there just struggles y'all she struggles but let me tell you Jaira is more than enough. So I'm going to recap real quick. Jaira, in every circumstance, you are enough. Satan is out to kill, steal, and destroy, and he wants your offsprings. And he's, he's kind of kind of getting to the end of what's going on. And he's going to start pulling out all the punches, and he's going to get ugly. So, mamas, we got to make sure, get that crown straight. You wash your face, and you be who God has called you to be to those babies. This is not about you anymore. It's your, res three, it's your responsibility to love them like no other and to speak Jesus over them. Speak Jesus into their addiction. Speak Jesus into their fear and anxiety. You speak Jesus over them. But it's time for us to get in our spirit that Jaira, no matter the circumstance, I will find peace because I know that you are enough. We've got to pass down to the next generation what God has planted in us we've got to learn to walk in that for ourselves so we can pass it down to the other ones and they may still walk their own story for a little while but God has a plan God has a plan to turn every evil deed for our good and his glory